Our first scripture is going to be 1 Corinthians 2. So we get back into our study now of elemental theology on the Holy Spirit, pneumatology. We're going to actually see the Greek word again tonight and how it is related So, just a little review here the, uh, on just the outline. So, in the introduction, we, we talked about the Holy Spirit and His pre-Pentecostal work, His post-Pentecostal work, the nature of the Holy Spirit, His personality, the meaning of it, the proof of it, and then um, the importance of it, and then the deity of the Holy Spirit, and then we went through and the, uh, the meaning of it, the proof given. And then we went through those proofs of his de- deity. And then tonight we're going to look at the names of the Holy Spirit. The names of the Holy Spirit. Many names are given to the Holy Spirit in the scriptures which reveal to us various aspects of his person and work. The numerous uh, numerousness of these titles seems to warrant a special study of them. The names of the Holy Spirit. The names of the Holy Spirit which are descri- descriptive of His own person. The names of the Holy Spirit which are descriptive of His own person. Alright, so the Spirit. That's what the first name. 2 Corinthians 12 and verse number 10. Uh, yeah, there we go. To another. That's a backup. So let's go to 8. Pick up the sentence. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another divers. Uh, no, I'm in the wrong place. 12, 4 through 6. Yeah, I'm reading it. Okay, we're good. Nope, I'm in the wrong place. It's 1 Corinthians 2. There we go. I was... In the wrong place. First Corinthians two, even though those scriptures work too. First Corinthians two, there we go, and verse number ten. God, but God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. We read that last week, but it applies here as well, as far as the name. So He's known as the Spirit. The Greek word pneuma, p n e u m a, pneuma as applied to the Holy Spirit, involves both the thought of breath and that of wind. As breath, John chapter 20. John chapter 20 and verse number 22 says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. So, uh, the the application there. And then also in Genesis chapter 2, 
I just I'll make I made reference to this Sunday, so I'll just read it. And the Lord formed a man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And you can see see further Psalms or Psalm one hundred four. Again, it uh, gives the connotation of a breath. Psalm 104, verse number 30. Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. And then Job 33. Job 33 and verse number 4. The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. All right, so again, uh, pneuma, which is the Greek word for, uh, uh, for the, uh, absolutely, for the spirit, but then it kind of, the, the connotation here as, as when it's applied, pneuma, when it's applied to the Holy Spirit, kind of gives the connotation of breath or wind, and we're seeing these here in breath. And then the spirit uh, is the outbreathing of God. The life of God going forth to quicken. All right, now as wind, John chapter 3, we know this very familiar passage, John chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said ye, uh, unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind... Bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, like we did <laughs> the last couple of days. Woo! I'm telling you. Uh, uh, thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst tell whence it cometh, or whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And we can all testify, and we preach pretty soundly and often about, you know, we all testify about the night that we got saved, the day we got saved. There was probably other lost people in the church or wherever you got saved, the day that you got saved. But he, the wind blew where it listeth. It blew on your heart. It didn't blow on theirs necessarily. It might have blown on theirs and they didn't respond. Sometimes it just blows on yours. And, you know, a lot of times people will, will take that and, say, and call us Calvinists, but we're Biblicists. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're Baptists, but, we, I mean, Baptists believe in Bible doctrine. We just line up with the Bible. That's the Bible. You know, it says because it just says, so is everyone that is born in the Spirit. You have to be blown upon by the Spirit. You have to be drawn, and, and you know, when we preach it, we preach it pretty hard, and there have been preachers, there's been people in our church visiting from time to time. They were here the day that Josh got saved, you know, and I think probably a few years ago, they were in churches that preached it and experienced it the way that we seen it that particular Sunday morning. Uh, they even testified, but the look on their face when they testified after it was all said and done there at the end. 
It was just like, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be, but if I go back to this, then I'll lose a lot of support. You know what I'm saying? Just plain and simple. And then to see videos of their particular church where they run them through the baptistry, you know, because they've knocked on the doors and got these professions through the week, but then, you know, shouldn't, I mean, as many as they run through the baptistry, you'd think that they'd be having a building program, but they don't. You know, because it would be exploding, but uh, it ain't. And uh, there's a lot of church, I mean, like, like who uh, I forget who the, I've heard the illustration before, but it was, it was preached here recently about, you know, growth. That carcass on the side of the road on a hot summer day grows, but there ain't no life in it. <laughs> Not like a baby that's growing. There's life in it, you know. And uh, we get videos. In fact, you know, got a video yesterday, uh, just, my, just out of the blue of, you know, they, they video when the babies are in a good mood, thank the Lord. So anyway, but uh, my son Joshua in Knoxville video, and Braylon is just, you know, coming on up, and they're talking about how many teeth he's got now and all that, but it's growth. There's life there. Things are happening, but there's, like I said, a difference, and there's a lot of churches that quote-unquote grow, but they're growing like that carcass. There's no life. It's just motion. You know, they go through the motions, and people, and, you know, lots of times, and most of the time it's and on with joy, and they, they don't hang around a while, and... Uh, but then, you know, when folks come in, in the real thing. So the wind blows. Joshua's testifying. I meant to use a little bit of that Sunday, but the Lord led a different way. But Joshua's testifying out there in the, uh, the foyer Sunday morning talking with me. And he just said, when I, I started coming to church, I wasn't looking for God. <laughs> I was just coming because he felt it was the right thing to do. And, uh, but then by and by, the Lord began to work. And, you know, I know he was working that Sunday morning. He was red as my Bible over there on the end of that pew. But uh, thank God he's in. And thank, but that was the Spirit moving. The Spirit was definitely moving that Sunday morning uh, in here. And he, he blew across Josh's heart. And we can look and we know when he blew across our heart. There, again, three different occasions that I know, that I know, that I know that God was dealing with me. And I had friends, you know, other teenagers in the church, you know, that God was not dealing with them. One person, you know, uh, went forward, with, you know, my best friend went forward with me. But to look at my life today and look at his life today, I don't think that he's got the goods just by fruit inspection, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but he'll say, I remember that day. Yeah, you remember that day, you know, when we both went for he brought it up. At my son's wedding. Uh, but uh, like I said, your fruit, his fruit doesn't, doesn't uh, show it. But anyway, so the wind bloweth where it listeth. And, uh, and, and I think that's, you know, again, if we put six seed in the ground and we water those six seed and four of them comes up, the life is in the seed. Not anything that we can do about it. We can plant it, do our part by planting the seed. We can do our part by watering the seed, but God has got to give the increase in that seed. It's got to die and give life, and God is in that business. And so, I mean, all, the, all of the, it's illustrated in the Word of God. It's just 
folks are not rightly dividing the word of truth anymore. And, uh, you know, just they, they want to go to this anti-repentance and, um, and just a, a, a belief in God. But most of the time that winds up being this belief and not this belief. Uh, and so, you know, they'll go and, and they'll, you know, they'll teach, and teach the precepts of the Bible and, and, that's, and they'll get some morals from it. But it's, it's at the strength of the flesh. And not the spirit. Anyway, I don't know how to go off on that. But so the breath, and then the, the wind, and then see further Acts chapter two. And we we're familiar with this one as well, as far as the wind and just how the spirit moved this particular account. Uh, Acts chapter two, verses one through four. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly. There was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so, again, that wind. So we see it as the breath, we see it as the wind. So his name was the Spirit. Then we see his name as the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 11. Luke 11, verse number 13. Luke 11, 13. If ye, the, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more... Shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask of Him? And then see further Romans chapter 1. Romans 1 and verse 4. Let's back up. Uh, it's just verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. So as a see further, he's known as the Holy Spirit. The essential, the essential moral character of the Spirit is emphasized by this name. He is holy in person and character, and is also the direct author of holiness in men. We can't do it without him. He indwells in us and he works in and through us, and when we are uh, yielded to the Spirit. When we over, you know, allow him to overcome our flesh, then he teaches us holiness. He leads us in holiness because that's his very nature. And then when we allow the flesh to get the best of us and, and the warfare of the flesh, then that's when he's grieved oft times and that's when he's quenched is when the flesh rises up and, uh, and does unholy things. And so anyway... Uh, and I think that's, that's what goes back to some of the previous lessons that we've had about the Holy Spirit because it's, it's just that understanding of His holiness 
the understanding that he is with us, that he's in us, and that he can guide us and direct us and lead us and work through us and in us and on us and all that, but again, is being yielded to his working and his, uh, um, and his uh, control, that's a good word, his control over us, letting him to control us um, fully. So he is the spirit, he is the, uh, let's see, did I say that? Let me read this one. The spirit is not called holy with more frequency than the other persons of the Trinity because he is more holy, for infinite holiness does not admit of, uh, does not admit of degrees. He is thus officially designated because it is his work to make holy. So he is the spirit, he is the Holy Spirit, and he is the eternal spirit, the eternal spirit, Hebrews chapter 9. Again, he's God, so he's going to be holy. He's God, so he is going to be eternal, but we're looking at it from the Scripture's standpoint and from the Scripture's sake and from the Scripture giving us the uh, proof, if you want to put it that way, proof in the Scriptures. Hebrews chapter 9, verse number 14. Uh, let's back it up. Verse number 13. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. All right. So just as eternity is an attribute or characteristic of the nature of God, so also it may be and is ascribed to the Holy Spirit as one of the personal distinctions in the being of God. And again, one of the things that it's very hard in theology and understanding because we are a finite being and oftentimes where unsaved people, unholy people that look into the holy book and they... they they come up probably with the false doctrines or just a, a misunderstanding of who God is is because the scriptures does speak of God in those three persons. <laughs> but we only serve one God. you know. And so trying to keep that in focus when we read of God the Father, when we read Jesus Christ, or when we read God the Holy Spirit is still just one God. So, uh, eternal and manifesting themselves in the three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And in God the Son, he was flesh on this earth, and he walked with men. And then when he left, he left, he, he gave us his spirit. The Father sent the spirit to us. He indwells us. And if we just get a hold of that and then walk that way, you know, when we get up, we say our prayer, but just you start your day knowing that he's in you and having that consciousness about us, 
I'm throwing me in there too, consciousness about us to, you know, to guard ourselves and to, to put the flesh under when it wants to rise up and, uh, and not want to do things that the Scripture tells us to and the Holy Spirit leads us to. I was just sitting there up here thinking just a minute ago, and it's happened not all the time, but just as I'm trying to stand here and teach, just the unholy noise that I hear at work comes back and it's ringing in my head when I'm trying to stand here, you know, and I would never say any of that stuff, but hearing it just, you understand the vexation that come upon old Lot, just seeing it and hearing it day in and day out. One of the biggest things in uh, uh, wake-up calls to the thing, uh, to, to the fact that sinners still out there, like I've shared with you before, when I worked at the radio station, I worked at the church, and I worked around people that didn't cuss. I, I mean, they were Christian folks. I heard preaching all day long. I heard gospel music all day long. I didn't have to hear worldly music. I didn't have to hear worldly talk. I didn't have to be around worldly people. They was dressed, the people I was around was dressed right. They spit white, you know, and so on and so forth. And then I took up a, a, a little part-time job on top of my church work. And it just, I mean, I had been literally living in a bubble. You know, Christian school, I mean, everything, the people that I associate, I didn't associate with any sinners. And then I got that little second job and uh, working for the emergency management agency on the county level and as a, the secretary, and then, you know, all of a sudden I was around sinners again. I'm like, whoo, they're still out here. <laughs> but I was literally in this big bubble, and, you know, now... You're around it. It's just that vexation. But getting up and saying and and praying that you will be guided and go out being guided by and you know asking him to help you in your conversation and in your interaction with those that are without. So anyway, all right. So the eternal spirit got that. So the names of the Holy Spirit sent forth. So we had the names. Uh, and then the names of the Holy Spirit, which are descriptive of, of His person, which we just dealt with. So that's the, the big one under the B. So the names of the Holy Spirit, which are descriptive of His own person, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Eternal Spirit. And now we're looking at the names of the Holy Spirit, which set forth His relationship to God. All right, again, basically what I just said, <laughs> that He is God. But here in the Scriptures we see these names that specifically shows his relationship to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16. Let's back it up to 12. I'm I'm sorry, where are we at? 316. But let's, yeah, 316. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. That's what I've been trying to say. And Paul says it better through the scriptures here. And that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. So the Spirit of God. This name portrays the Holy Spirit as proceeding from God. He is sent by the Father and by the Son. He is the personal power and energy of the Godhead. So 
Then, the, so the Spirit of God, now the Spirit of Jehovah, the Spirit of Jehovah in Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, verse number 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness and the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. One sentence, but going verse number one, the spirit of the Lord God. So there it is. The spirit of the Lord Jehovah, which is uh, the God there, uh, this title shows him to be the agent through whom the lordship of Jehovah is exercised. So the spirit of, wait a minute, it's the spirit of Jehovah. This name refers to him as the one by whom the prophet spake, spoke, now the spirit of the Lord Jehovah. So the spirit of Jehovah, the spirit of the Lord Jehovah. And I just read Isaiah 61.1, but let me go back to the spirit of Jehovah because I just got my scriptures mixed up. I'm looking because they were so close together that I got it wrong. So Isaiah 11 gives us the spirit of Jehovah, and then I'll put them together again. Isaiah 11 and verse number 2. Let's read 1 and 2. And there shall come, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of Wisdom and of un and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove them with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. So that was just the spirit of the Lord there in verse number 2. So the spirit of Jehovah, the, the word Lord and Jehovah, that's where they're trying to put it together there. And um, so that name refers to him as the one by whom the prophet spoke, and then the other one is the, the spirit of the Lord Jehovah, the Lord God, uh, the title shows him to be the agent through, the, uh, through whom the lordship of Jehovah is exercised. Now, the spirit of the living God. The spirit, while we're there, let me see if I can find this for those that didn't see it. I know. Brother Bill, what are you doing? It just, it just fits. Um, Back some time ago, and I actually commented on it. But um, yeah, 
Bo Ballard put on his page, apparently there's a big movement among a lot of the religious folks out there that wants to use Yahuwah, Yahuwah, Yah, Yahawashi, Yahuwah, Yahu, Baba, Yahshua, Yalala, Yoshua, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And just like a lot of folks will go with Jehovah, and I understand why they do, but, uh, and it says, it says, my face when someone tells me the name of Jesus is wrong, but there's like 30 different Y variations they can't agree on. And so, but he, here's what Mr. Bo Ballard, Brother Ballard put on. He says, I'm not saying you guys aren't right. You might very well be. All I'm saying and all I know is, and he quotes Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And I understand, you know, where, you know, the Greek and the Hebrew, and, and, and we can use that to give us just like the Greek word for pneuma, as it's applied to the Spirit, gives us that understanding of the breath or the wind of God, okay, and and Jehovah, and so on and so forth, are, are names in the, in the Old Testament. And then Jesus is the Jehovah of the Old Testament, okay? And we get that. But it's one God, okay? And where a lot of these argumentative bunch, you know, and you'll see some of the, like I said, the why names and some of these religious publications and things like that. But it's at the name of Jesus that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess, and I wanted to share that with you because right here, you know, just like Mr. Bancroft, we're reading the Lord God and the Lord, and Mr. Grant Bancroft is, is um, translating it, if you want to put it that way, or, or referring to it to Jehovah instead of Lord. And it's the same. But the King James says Lord. So just don't let that like cripple us up. It's all one. But uh, again, the reason that they're just moving it and changing it because when we see Jehovah in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New Testament, we just got to have that understanding it's the same. And when you see these other stuff that's out there and all the Y letters that nobody can agree on, it's Jesus. And that's one reason (laughs) I think from Bo Ballard's... uh, In fact, I I, I actually posted part of this on a comment here. And, uh, you know, Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain, Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth 
proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about that name. And you can be in turmoil in the night and just your mind, and you can just start whispering the name of Jesus. And there is just something about that name. It'll drive because every knee shall bow. I mean, if, if it's a satanic something or another that's just got you all twisted up or just a, a, an oppression, just start calling out the name of Jesus. He'll flee from you. <laughs> There's something about that name. Anyway, I got off on that, but I think it really is good here just because, you know, we're reading this and we're reading Jehovah here, and I just didn't want to mess everybody up. All right, so let me grab this one real quick. So he was, uh, this is again, the names of the Holy Spirit which set forth his relationship to God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jehovah, the Spirit of the Lord Jehovah, and then finally, the Spirit of the living God, 2 Corinthians 3.3. 3. 2 Corinthians, and I'm, I've got it here in the book, but I'm turning just so that we're all about there at the same time. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse number 3. Back up. Two. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. So the Spirit here is portrayed as the one who writes the image of Christ upon the fleshly tables of the hearts, and by whom the believer becomes a living epistle. And there's where my other little comments that wasn't even in here, again, in the past weeks that we've been talking about, is just having that understanding. In fact, whenever I preached out of 2 Corinthians 4, and I was referring to this, I mean, you can go back right there, and I did kind of hit it a little bit about our lives. You know, the, the old adage, you're the only Bible that some people reads. And it's, again, having ourselves yielded to his spirit so that he can write on the fleshly tables of our hearts. And then we are that living epistle. We're the letter that goes out that people see God in us. And that's, you know, uh, we're the only Bible that some people read. And it's because of the Spirit. So be yielded to Him. You know, when He says, you know, we're not doing something right, then stop doing it. <laughs> when He says we need to start doing something, then do it. And then as we learn more of Him and we have that desire to allow Him to work in us and through us, there's the whole, and again, that goes back to just that revival that we talked about, getting back up to where so many people are not that living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable, you know, and then just, again, just lay yourself bare before God like a sacrifice uh, gives that understanding, you know, just flayed. When you read the sacrifices in the Bible, I mean, they skin them, you know, brother, uh, brother we've, we've flayed a few deer 
there in front of there at Tim's house and showed, showed Brother Josh and his boys how I did it, you know, whatever. And you pull, remove the skin. And when you read this, the way that they prepared the sacrifices in the Old Testament, they removed the skin and they buried it on. They cut it apart and set the parts in a certain order. And just lay yourself bare and allow him to move you in every aspect of our lives. And I'm talking to me too. So anyway, here's the doctrinal statement and we're done. <sighs> Names are given to the Holy Spirit which show his identity with deity and emphasize his divine nature, authority, and power. And then we got, there's another, so next time around we'll say the names of the Holy Spirit which set forth his relationship to the Son of God. So this one was his relationship to God and next time we're going to see his relationship to the Son of God by the names that are set forth by the Holy Spirit. All right? Let's pray and be dismissed. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the day. Thank you, Lord, for the week and for helping us out through uh, the first part of it thus far. Pray that you'll help us as we go out the second part and come in contact with folks in the world. Help our, our lights to shine brightly in this dark, sinful world. May the Spirit of God, may we be yielded to the Spirit of God and allow him to move us, direct us in our thoughts and our actions and our words. And uh, Lord, may uh, folks see that uh, li- may we be the living epistle which you work in and uh, so that other people can see you in our lives. And we'll thank you for it. We ask and pray that you will touch the sick, afflicted, give healing and help and grace. I pray, Lord, for uh, those that are affected by the weather adversely and their health. Give grace and healing to them and help to them. And I pray, Lord, for the Pitts family, the Pettigrew family in these days. Comfort their hearts. Give a special dose of grace. Thank you, Lord, for the testimony of your grace thus far. And we ask and pray these things in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen and amen.